When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm John Weeks, and this is The Leader. The government's latest budget has been announced. Fuel duty cut, air passenger duty cut, alcohol duty cut. The biggest cut to business rates in 30 years. Growth up, jobs up, wages up. This budget levels up to a higher wage, higher skill, higher productivity economy. This budget builds a stronger economy for the British people, and I commend it to the House. There's good news for sparkling wine drinkers and those planning to take domestic flights. But what does this new budget really achieve for the country? HSBC's senior economic advisor and Evening Standard columnist Stephen King has been digesting Rishi Sunak's speech in the Commons. So Stephen, what do you make of it? Well, Rishi Sunak is certainly facing huge uncertainties and he alluded to some of them in his speech. Um, Most obviously that inflation is significantly higher than he previously expected. It's likely to be higher for quite a lot longer Uh, than he previously expected as well. But at the same time, he's trying to sort of say, well, there are things that we can do to make the UK a better place. There was quite a lot of emphasis on some of the changes that he could make precisely because Britain has left the EU um, involving um, air passenger duty and so on, alcohol, all those things were, I think, deliberately in there to to sort of make the point that uh, leaving the EU um, had certain benefits, allowing certain reforms that would otherwise not be there. Now, as you mentioned, there are a lot of things that will please the general population. Things like lower duty on some alcohol and domestic flights. Are they likely to actually boost the economy as well? Well, those sorts of things are pretty small fry, frankly. I mean, I, th- I think, you know, obviously it's nice to know that your bottle of rosé is cheaper than your bottle of strong red uh, or will be in the future. But um, as far as sort of the economy is concerned, yeah, he's, he's obviously hugely... Um, constrained uh, by the state of the public finances currently. Well, bear in mind, of course, that you know, pu- public debt is very, very high. Uh, borrowing has been enormous. He's hoping to get borrowing down over the course of the next few years, partly because the economy hopefully will rebound to a certain degree. So he's rebounding strongly this year and next um, on their forecasts. Uh, but as far as um, transformations are concerned, you know, a lot of it depends on, on some of these other public spending areas, for example, investment in infrastructure, uh, but the tricky thing with infrastructure is that you can certainly invest in infrastructure. There's no guarantee it's going to transform your economy later on. I mean, there's two good examples in recent uh, times of countries that have done this. One is is Japan, which has had plenty of infrastructure investment 
uh, so-called bridges to nowhere. <laughs> so they were built, but didn't necessarily change very much. Uh, and the other example was Spain, uh, which ahead of the uh, global financial crisis uh, 10 years ago, had huge amounts of investment in rail and airports and so on. Uh, and yet it still ended up with a financial crisis shortly thereafter. Uh, so the, the trick, I think, here is, is, is not just investing in infrastructure or, say, R&D, but also working out how that's eventually going to transform the broader economy. Talking of the economy, the Chancellor sounded quite optimistic about it, saying the economy will return to pre-COVID levels by the turn of the year. Is that realistic? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, certainly um, the OBR's own forecast for growth for this year, if anything, looks rather cautious. Um, certainly compared with the forecast of the Bank of England from the city, uh, actually from HSBC for that matter. Um, so he's not making a sort of a huge bet, or at least the OBR is not making a huge bet in terms of uh, growth this year and next. Um, but I think, again, you come back to this issue of well, returning to where we were pre-pandemic, that itself is a good thing. It's happening in most countries around the world, largely because lockdowns have ended and vaccination programs have worked. Um, but thereafter, you know, in future years, is there much confidence in the idea of a transformation of the economy? And that part of it is a little less clear at this stage. And certainly you can do things with levelling up by providing support in individual towns or cities. Um, and you can do levelling up through, for example, the reforms on universal credit. Uh, but as far as um, the underlying broader story is concerned of economic growth, well, the OBR at least is not terribly confident at the moment that we're on the verge of some kind of extraordinary transformation. There were lots of things mentioned in this budget. Do you think there was anything missing from it that people had been calling for in the build-up? Well, of course, so much of it was leaked beforehand that uh, it's difficult to know what was revealed today and what hadn't already been revealed over the course of the last few days. In terms of missing, I, I'm not so sure. I mean, the, the reality is that you know, whether it was um, a, a Tory chancellor or a Labour chancellor, that they're both faced with the same problem, which is that the public finances are in a kind of conventional sense, in a pretty terrible state at the moment for obvious reasons, because we've had a pandemic and it costs you vast amounts of money. Um, so I think whether it had been Rishi Sunak or Rachel Reeves or anyone really, uh, the chances are that it ended up with a sort of mid-parliament, uh, fairly cautious budget with help here and there. I think the, the help on businesses is, is certainly interesting. Um, you know, the, the attempt to try to alleviate taxes on, on businesses uh, we taken by some, I think, as being uh, reasonably good news. Uh, but again, you come back to this idea, you know, what's the evidence of, of you know, transformation over the medium term? And that, I think, is a little less clear cut at this stage. What do you think the Chancellor is really trying to achieve with this budget? Well, it's interesting. He talked at the very beginning about inflation and also um, about the fact that public finances were more vulnerable both to higher inflation and also, interestingly, to higher interest rates. But I think it was not so much a a sort of indication that uh, he was worried that the bank might raise rates too far, that's Bank of England, of course, uh, but rather I think that um, he uh, wanted to say, we're going to be cautious, we have to be cautious because we've got these sensitivities now in terms of inflation and interest rates that weren't there three or four years ago. Um, so he's basically saying, well, we have to sort of cut our cloth to a certain degree, we have to recognise that there are some constraints. And I think it's also interesting, at the end of the speech, he, he, he talked a lot about um, sort of the more philosophical point about the limits of government, you know, pointing out that taxes and government spending as a share of GDP were, were very, very high and certainly uncomfortably high, I think, in, in sort of traditional Tory eyes, you know, pleaded effectively with Parliament and possibly with the people to say, look, government cannot help you everywhere all the time. Uh, you know, there's responsibility for individuals, for households, for families, for communities, 
and so on and so forth. And I think what he's trying to say there is that let's not sort of get hooked on the idea that the government can bail us out every single time. Uh, in truth, we have to you know, work out ourselves how to live our lives. Um, and that's a message that I think Tories would certainly be uh, happy to hear, even though it doesn't have any direct impact in terms of the numbers over the course of the next few years. So ultimately, good if you're a rosé wine lover, but otherwise it's a case of just waiting to see what happens? Well, I think certainly the, the good news is that people who want to have a quick drink afterwards, they can certainly afford more of it, as long as it's relatively low, low in alcohol. That's absolutely fine. Uh, but um, yeah, I, I think this is a case of, of, of trying to sort of shore up what is a very difficult fiscal circumstance, um, not to promise too much, to do things here and there. And to be fair, because the economy has been stronger than people feared six months ago, he's got a bit more room to manoeuvre because he's got a bit more revenue than he would have had otherwise. Uh, and that's given him some you know, ammunition here and there. But in terms of this being a sort of revolutionary budget, um, I think it's more revolutionary perhaps in terms of its rhetoric, particularly in terms of the sort of post-EU rhetoric than necessarily in terms of the action that's coming through. There's more on this story in the Evening Standards newspaper and at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. We're back tomorrow at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season, when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.